Japan 2.0. To another episode of Japan 2.0. Today we're coming to you with、uh, another topic that's near and dear to my heart. I feel like every single one. Near and dear to our heart. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I'm, where I'm, you know, my neighborhood and the school I work for and stuff, I'm definitely known as like the Tokyo guy, the guy who's obsessed with Tokyo. So you're telling me that our episode is about Tokyo? <gasps> Yes. <laughs> the topic is Tokyo, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm Matt, this is David, and we're、um, Japan, Japan 2.0. 2.0. Ooh, that was good. Yeah, Jinx. It's going to be a good one.、Um, and yeah, we're here to just talk about like, you know, our favorite neighborhoods in Tokyo, you know, our,、um, our impressions you know, of going to Tokyo. Yeah, we're both fresh off a trip there, right? I mean, yeah, yeah.、Uh, we both live in Kansai.、Uh, if, you, if you've heard our previous episodes, you'll know that、uh, we're in,、um, I live in Osaka and David lives in Kobe. Kobe. Hour apart, and、uh, so we don't get out to Tokyo that often,、uh, but、um, it's expensive mostly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not cheap to get there.、Uh, but for us, like Tokyo is such an important part of like living in Japan, and I mean, it's always kind of that thing that's looming over the horizon because. Uh, I think both of us growing up around Japanese culture and interested in Japanese culture, all the news and everything you get is from Tokyo. Tokyo. That,、yeah. That's exactly right. And it's the thing you hear, which is like the real Japan is not Tokyo, it's outside of Tokyo. And Tokyo is like its own country, it's its own thing. However, the media typically really only covers Tokyo. So, like, when you think you're learning about Japan, typically you're learning about only Tokyo things. Yeah. And that might mislead you if you don't live in Tokyo or you don't visit Tokyo. You might be surprised about a lot of things.、Um, yeah, Osaka's got a totally different vibe. Kobe's got a totally different vibe.、Yeah. One that comes to me is like politeness. One of the things we talked about in our inaugural, our original episode for me that drew me to Japan was like politeness. Very important to me. I'm, I'm a very formal person. I like politeness. And、uh, to be honest, I'm a little bit disappointed in like, what I get in my daily life here. I expected like, a little bit more, like following rules,、uh, not driving the bike lane, kind of drives me crazy. I think, in a lot of ways, actually,、um, North Americans follow rules more than what I experience out here in Kansai.、Uh, however, I noticed in, in Tokyo that people stay on the bike lane. They really strictly wait in line to get on the subway. Occasionally, you get people cutting in line out here. It's not common, but like, you do get it. And I think because I was like, fed this knowledge of you know, Japanese are so polite, it's surprising out here that it happens. <laughs> and granted, I'm just on vacation in Tokyo for a week or two, but I feel like that stuff doesn't happen as much out there. Well, I mean, I guess we could start、uh, you know, going off of what you just said. Um, you know, in Tokyo, there's a lot of tourism and there's a lot of like business. Yeah. So,、um, people are, are very, everything runs like clockwork in that city, you know. And I feel like、um, part of that, that politeness and stuff comes from like necessity. You have to. It's、yeah. the biggest city in the world. When you're getting into a subway and they're pushing people inside, you know, and、uh, the morning commute, I mean, yeah, people want to be a little, I think, a little more pleasant. Uh, you know, just in the rest of their during the rest of their day, or、um, but I also think it, it in some ways, though, I feel like Tokyo can be a little more a little too formal, sterile is what people say,、That's、yeah, yeah, the, the haters. <laughs> I, I think that it, I, I do, I'm a of. I do like the Osaka vibe,、yeah. which is a little more laid back and、It's、down、um, to earth and warm hearted, and you、yeah. can get to know people easily. Yeah, sometimes people come up and talk with you, and they're a little more.、Uh, I don't know, like there's a little less、um, formality. In theory, I like that too, but honestly, I haven't experienced I've experienced people talking to me. I think it's because the English level is higher in Tokyo and I can't speak Japanese. That's true too. So I think that's really important for you to know that from my perspective of where I'm coming from. I think if I spoke better Japanese. But you know what? Like someone just randomly, I don't get people randomly speaking Japanese to me even out here. If they talk to me, they're gonna they start it in English. It might be the way I look. I'm very obviously Caucasian, and you know,、um, it's probably somewhat obvious. I guess I could speak French or Russian or something, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I get just as many people talking to me in Tokyo, and like the conversations I have with random people, honestly, are probably better because their English level is better. Um, but what, what about you? Like you were saying, the stereotype you find it to be true that people out here are more friendly and easy to talk to. And- well, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I mean. I guess well I hear people laughing right yeah, now so maybe they are maybe they are having Osaka. a good time yeah, yeah. Osaka but um uh I don't know I just find like sometimes I go to to Tokyo and I get I get that it's like a big city and and it is just people are on their way to do things you know I get that that big city vibe where people are just busy bodies and they're going from point A to point B, you know, not in all places. And I think we'll get into that, you know, later on in the episode when we talk about the different neighborhoods that we like, but, um, there's a hustle and bustle, especially if you're downtown, like near, um, Tokyo station, Shinjuku, Shibuya, where it's just tons of tourism and tons of like, uh, people like trying to find their way around or heading off to work or, and it, if you get caught up in those crowds, it can seem very impersonal and um, very like mechanical almost. I mean, you've seen the crosswalk, yeah. you know, of the universe. Or I forget what the nickname is. For Shibuya it. scramble. Yeah, yeah. Shibuya scramble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've heard. I've heard a couple of different uh, nicknames yeah. for it. But well, um, that's a big party, man. It, it's a, this camera, like everyone doing a selfie and I, recording for their blog. That's what it is now. I mean, it wasn't it, like that ten years ago, but it's like that now. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome, but. But um, at the same time, like I said, like it's just – it feels a little impersonal. And maybe being around like the touristy areas, you know, is what makes it feel that way. I'm glad I'm, you bring that perspective. I mean that's not my experience. But I, everyone – I think if you pulled people, they'd agree with Matt more. I just don't see it. I think I'm just so in love with the place, honestly, that like I'm blind. Love is blind, as they say, you know? Yeah. The most negative thing I can say about it that I've noticed is that people – I see people outside buildings looking miserable. I just went in winter smoking a lot. I mean, Japan in general is crazy about smoking. They smoke like crazy, but I notice it more in Tokyo. I mean, it seems like the salary man working hard. It just seems like people are just not as happy. I don't see people... This is a huge generalization, but this last trip I noticed, like, man, there's a lot of smokers just standing outside looking really unhappy, and I, I don't <laughs> see that for sure in Kobe. Uh, maybe a little bit more in Osaka, but I think it's just because there's more people. Maybe I don't. I know. think it's the business, you know. I mean, when you're working, when you're a salary man and you're working late hours and stuff, yeah. and you know, when you get your your smoke break, <laughs> mm. <laughs> you might not be feeling great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, mainly I think the way we're gonna kind of organize this episode, we'll probably go on some tangents, but it's kind of about like the different neighborhoods of Tokyo. Tokyo is such a massive, massive place that. I think you can go in one district and get a totally different experience. You know, it depends on where you go. It's hard to just say Tokyo is this or Tokyo is that. There's kind of different wards and areas that you can relate the culture to better. And this being Japan 2.0, we're going to try to give you places that aren't like the big tourist spots. Because we could talk about uh, Asakusa all day, you know, and places where you could go see temples and stuff. But when we go to Tokyo, I mean, my wife and I have talked about this. We go to Tokyo to eat. That's why. (laughs) A big reason why we go, too, actually. Eating a shop, like, for me, I like clothes. Records, clothes. Records, Records, use clothes for me particularly, and eating Western or international food, uh, mainly because we can't really get the authentic stuff out here in Kansai. Uh, you know, Japanese food's awesome anywhere in Japan. You go, I've had some of the best meals in the smallest little towns. Um, so if you are going to a big urban city, you know, I don't feel so bad about eating a really authentic New York pizza or Chicago pizza or Mexican food. Or well, I, I eat Japanese food all the time, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. When I go to Tokyo, like I try to mix um, it up. Yeah, but um. I want to say, like, before Matt and I had traveled to Tokyo, this is out when we were living in Korea, and we had really different experiences. Like, you know, I thought I went and saw Tokyo and the places I went. Of course, Matt's like minded. He would have gone to these areas, too. And Matt, primarily back then, like, was stationed in Asakusa. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just remember his experience was so different from mine. Um, and I really want to see his side of Tokyo, which on our share trip we went to, I, I didn't really get to see it. It was more, I think me showing you the side that i had seen before so i still feel we need to go back and i want to see some of your spots too 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think like a lot of the things that I saw, I was really, I mean, I'm really big into video games and stuff. If you if you listen to our podcast, there's a, the the Den in Town episode, and then um, and then I'm big into music too, and um, so I mean, record shopping and and video games were like two of my biggest things, mm-hmm. you know. And so I've spent a lot more time in um, Akihabara, I think, than you have, but yeah. um, but really, I've just gone all. I mean. I've gone all over and I mean a lot of the places that we that you like are the places that I like too you know and um I mean of course I love Shibuya and Harajuku even though they are kind of like massive um mm. <laughs> massive places you know with tons of people but um but um the things I, I do love are some of the more quiet neighborhoods and actually my last trip there is when I I found some places that I really like going yeah. um do you remember the names uh, King Kichijoji. Kichijoji, yeah. Kichijoji was one of the places that, um, if you don't know, the Studio Ghibli Museum is there mm-hmm. in that neighborhood. And um, my wife and I, we, we like going to cafes and like relaxing when we go on trips. And and I was really impressed with that neighborhood. I thought that like it would be like the perfect place to live. Everyone says that it's the number one most desired neighborhood for most Tokyoites. Yeah, I mean it's just quiet, and um, there are rivers running through it, and the they I mean, could guarantee you during Sakura blossoms, like those rivers have those I've, Sakura I've, trees. I've and been stuff. there during that time. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine it would be. Incredible. Did you go to the, the park? We went to the park. Yeah. yeah, the park's nice. We didn't get to go to the museum. That's yeah, the next that's, trip. You that's know? a whole story. Yeah, basically, if you want to go. To Studio Ghibli Museum. You gotta do it at Lawson. You can only do it at Lawson. Listen to our convenience store episode about that. The Lopi machine at Lawson, and it's a hassle. The number one issue with it, that, that machine's crazy, and it's awesome in its own right. But if you're not great at Japanese, it can be a headache. But the number one issue is you can't just see what times and dates are available. You have to put in the time and date you want, and then they just tell you, no, that's not available, and you try again, no, that's not available. So it's like a shot in the dark to, to get it. Um, and it's busy. We when we were there, there were a lot of people going into yeah. that museum, and mostly tourists. And um, well, you have to yeah, pre-book it out, right? I mean, and you have to be in Japan to do it. There are like travel agents now who will do it for you. The advantage is it's cheap. I think it's fifteen bucks a ticket. Yeah, I bought tickets before. I finally did it successfully, and I got on the Shinkansen. You forgot the tickets. Look at my wallet and realized the tickets <laughs> were at home. And oh man, I'm just gonna wait till my son who's old enough to go and appreciate it now. Yeah, like Kishijoji, I'm of two minds of Kichijoji. Again, it has a lot of hype. A lot of people love it. Our friend Aka guy, that's his favorite place too. And I really respect like his likes. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like a normal town in the layout, right? Mm-hmm. It looks like a normal city. It looks like something I have in Kobe or out in Osaka. And the sh- cool shops are like kind of spread out. I don't like the look of Kichijoji. Like, I think it's kind of a bo- The architecture there is ugly. Um, it's more modern. It's more modern, like 80s or 90s. It doesn't have character. The na- I'll get into some labor- neighborhoods I like later. But, like, it's, there's a lot of zoning. It has residential areas and business areas. I love Tokyo because you'll have, like, these old traditional houses, and there'll be, like, a like, leather shop inside there or, like, this awesome, like, I don't know, like, Jordan shoe shop and, like, an old Japanese traditional house. And mm-hmm. it's just such a mismatch in, like, crazy small alleys. I'm obsessed with alleys. And Kichijoji feels much more like a plan. It reminds me of Bundang in Seoul. It's more of a planned-out, zoned-out city. Don't get me wrong, there's awesome shops there. Um, great record shops, used clothing, um, good curry. I had the best curry in my life there in my last trip. But I'd be really happy to live there. You'd be very lucky to live there. But I don't know, I feel like there's some cooler places. And I'm only still like, strict on it because everyone loves Kichijoji. So. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Again. Yeah, once again, like I, I felt like I had a great a great day there and um, it was real relaxing. People were nice. We went to a cafe and the guy there was like, Awesome, awesome. Did you go to the Izakaya areas? They're aw- they're really cool. Uh, we went around the station quite a bit, and um, we went around like the main street. There's like a street that's like a cafe street, mm. and they have a lot of used clothing shops, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and that place was is really good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then uh, the park was cool, and then just walking around there, I, I like places where you could take a stroll, you know, and and that was like. With this trip, the, the last trip we went on, we ate a lot of food, and I needed to burn some calories, yeah. and it was just really nice to get outdoors and like have fresh air. And the, um, the north side of the station it. has these two like little alleys, is full of small izakayas, and one goes like underground, and it's like a fire hazard. I mean, you look up, and there's just wires and cobwebs everywhere. They're really wild, and there's the ambiance of those places. I haven't 
actually eaten there, but I've gone through and it's so overwhelming and so awesome. Like, I think there's a place called Harmonica Alley. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, and good Harmonica yeah. Alley is like a. Um, it's just they have this super super narrow alleyway yeah, that yeah. Go, cuts through the main arcade, and. Um, in between there, I mean, people were working and stuff, but it's just like you have no elbow room. It's the yeah. smallest, yeah. smallest place. To me, that's like the such a Japanese experience, you know? That, yeah. That's so cool. Um, I found a really awesome, like, video game art shop there on my first trip out to Kichijoji years ago, so I won't remember all the details, but it had a lot of, like, cool Mario patches, and they're all, like, handmade, and it was really expensive stuff, and I was broke on that oh, trip. man, I wish but I had known that. I, I, it's in the most obscure building on like the fourth floor I don't know if I'll ever find it again and that's kind of like the allure to Japan again is like there's so many floors there's so many buildings that I mean this is overwhelming and yeah the whole like idea you might not ever find what you're at again you're kind of living in the moment yeah and it's it could if you, Tokyo is a good example of that everybody's going to have a different experience especially if you're going like um, alone or if you're going with like um, different people because uh, because of all the options, I mean, it's just you, you could go a million times and you'd never see everything. Mm. Um, I, I think the cool thing about it is like an area like Kichijoji, you never guess that you're in the biggest city in the world there. Like, it's his own little city vibe, but you're never seeing skyscrapers. You can't see like downtown Tokyo from there, but it's just 20 minutes from Shibuya. Um, it's got a small city vibe, not a town, I wouldn't say, but yeah. a bit of a small city vibe to it. And all of my favorite areas, some of them are closer to Shibuya. I actually don't like Shibuya, and I was so disappointed the first time I went there because it was the first place I went uh, in Japan, and I had this expectation that Japan is very yeah, neat and clean and like really like classy. And I got off at like Shibuya, and Shibuya is kind of a dingy, dingier area, like central to Shibuya sure. by the crossing and stuff. And all these, like, hosts outside and, like, sex workers and stuff. And I was like, this is not my Japan that I saw, like, <laughs> on the internet. And I read about, like, what about all the cool, like, fashion shops, you know? And, like, everything's clean and neat. And uh, But if you go on the outskirts of Shibuya, that's the underlying theme to all the areas I love is they're on the outskirts. So they're 20 minutes from Shibuya Station by walking. Uh, those areas are awesome. Uh, I think if I could live anywhere in Tokyo, it's... Uh, neighborhood called Daikenyama. And I feel like a little bit embarrassed to say that because it's kind of like a, a ritzy area. And I mean, I like nice places and all, but I like a bit of like grit and dirt too, you know? And Daikenyama is not really that gritty or dirty, but what it does have is just like kind of like really wide open streets. Um, a lot of artistic shops, really cool curated record shops, art, little art shops, clothing shops, um, cafes and ca- restaurants. Cafes. And yet it's an eight minute, where I was staying was an eight minute walk from Shibuya station or nine minute walk. And Shibuya station is kind of important. If you want to go anywhere in Tokyo, you're gonna have to transfer there. Um, so, but it has a small, small town vibe. So quiet, you know, around there. I, I love Daikiyama. That's where, um, the Spring Valley Brewery is, mm. which is some of the best food I've had in my entire life. Uh, some of the best beer I've had is Spring yeah. Valley Brewery. And it's yeah. a really like again fancy place, but uh, the prices are are really, I mean, you guys got like steaks and stuff, but if you're not getting well, like, we went the, on Christmas the Eve filet too, mignon, like so, yeah. it's gonna be like twenty dollars a meal, but it's it's awesome, awesome food. I mean, the beers are five bucks for a beer, and it's or if you get the flight, it's like ten for like a sampler. Yeah, I, I think I think we, it's very reasonable. We get the sampler every time, and it's a lot of beer. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's totally worth it. Mm. Um, but that whole area is called Log Road, and it's got like um, cafes, it's, it's cafes, and, and nice shops, and clothing stores. Yeah, clothing stores, and it's just hard to believe you're you're close to Shibuya, this massive, the most busy subway station in the world. Um, yeah, it is funny, like that you. You brought up a good point that when you leave that area, you get in uh, just the main Shibuya crossing, and you don't go to Harajuku, like the walk to Harajuku and mm. and um, Shinjuku and stuff. Uh, if you go like on the outskirts of those places, you get quiet, quiet neighborhoods that are like peaceful, and you could take like. Um, nice strolls you know and get coffee and and it feels like you're in a totally different place you know i mean there are no high well there are high rises but not as many you know and um yeah you could get good views from places i when we went to that that um the spring valley brewery and we were on log road uh 
I just took some pictures of like blue skies and like a couple of these towers, like um, some big smokestacks that are out out there, mm-hmm. and it was just like a, a beautiful day. And uh, if you have like nice weather and stuff, like there's no reason to stay in like the congested places. They're absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Um, another area that's close by, so just from like Daikiyama, like a ten minute walk is Nakameguro, and you know Matt and I love Shibuya K, and there's a movement after Shibuya K died. It was called like. Nakameguro okay and it's saying like Shibuya is a good place to hang out in your 20s when you're partying and the clubbing and stuff but when you get to like your 30s or your 40s you go to Nakameguro it's quiet and peaceful but still very artistic and has a bit of a music scene um and that's kind of defined by like this little stream that runs through it and the, the cherry blossoms there are really really great too and it's a really spread out area it's even more calm and quaint and quiet than Daikinyama uh but yeah really cool shops spread out everywhere and this is a, kind of like a side. I've known Matt for almost how long? Six, six years now? Seven years? Yeah. And he's always been talking about bucket hats and this per- <laughs> the perfect bucket hat. And I was pretty sure it didn't exist and he's just making it up and he's having me on because every time I'd see something, he'd be like, nah, it's kind of, but not quite it. And I've asked him about like 50 or 60 hats and all of our friends. And he's always saying, nah, not, not quite. Nah, nah, nah. But... The magic of Nakameguro uh, produced uh, Matt's hat that he was looking for. His yeah, whole life. I, and it actually, I think after the one I bought, I went into the next place and they had the, another bucket hat. Like, oh, no. was, was it better than the first one? Uh, probably. Oh, this the nice. bucket hat I ended up buying said New York, and I've never lived in New York. I've never even been to New York, so mm, feel um, fake. I feel a little fake. I want to cover that patch up, mm. but you know. If, if if anybody listens to us from New York, you know I'm repping for you guys. So <laughs> five stars, iTunes. <laughs> but yeah, Nakameguro is an awesome vibe. A lot of people, you know, know that place and like that place too. But uh, that's another spot I really really like. What about you? What else? Oh man, there's so many places. Well, I I've always said that Ebisu is one of my ah, favorites, and. and um, yeah, it always comes through. Every time I go to Ebisu, Ebisu, like I just love walking around in that neighborhood. It's another quiet, one of the more quiet neighborhoods. But around the station, there's a lot of great places to eat. Um, I've looked for my ramen restaurant. But my, it was my favorite ramen restaurant. I swear it's garlic not there ramen. I yeah. heard all about it. Yeah. Yeah, tons of garlic in there. You took us on like. We agreed to go on this hike with Matt to look for his old uh, haunt, this ramen place. I think an hour and a half or so walking around and we found where he thought it was and it was yeah, out there anymore. I don't think it's there anymore yeah, yeah. but, but um, we ate at an awesome breakfast spot there yeah but uh, once again like yeah there's a place called um, it's good old good honest scrub good honest scrub and it's good like honest a house scrub, yeah. that's the kind of place I love in Tokyo, <laughs> it is right? basically somebody's house converted yeah. into a restaurant yeah, yeah, yeah. and the first floor is where the chef is and you come inside and they have couches and everything like it looks like somebody's living room, and then there's a, they're cooking in the back. You go upstairs, and they have a couple of tables. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend if you, you go to make reservations. But they specialize in... Um, uh, eggs Benedict. Eggs Benedict, and they do all sorts of Your wife is pretty yeah. shit on it, and she, she loves it. So Yeah, she loves Eggs Benedict. She the crab, she, crab on there? Yeah, but she, she recommends the crab. Yeah. Uh, I recommend uh, getting one with crab and one with avocado, mm-hmm. and then kind of mixing the avocado two. Avocado guy, yeah. myself. Um, but, yeah, that place is incredible. Mm-hmm. And... It, Ebisu is so quiet and like it, it, but it's chock full of those kind of places. If you go off the beaten path and you you look around, um, it's it's a place of secret secret places. Like either your first trip there, you might not find very much, mm. but if you spent a whole day and you wandered around, you could find some cool clothing shops, some um, cool vintage clothing. A lot shops, of good restaurants. Lots of good restaurants. There's a couple of places with lines. Every time I'm there, there's like same restaurants have these crazy lines going outside of them. Mm. So. Um, and then there's this big shopping center that's really cool. It's, uh, I don't know if it was like based off of like the train station or something. But do you, have, do you know what shopping center? We, you and I went there and we were drinking um, during this big uh, uh, food festival. Ah, the Sapporo. The, the Yebisu. That's the Yebisu beer factory. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, I have no idea what that. It's a beer museum, yeah. I think. Is if you that, go to the Yebisu yeah. beer museum in Yebisu. 
then you'll definitely like there's like this it looks like a French mansion or something in the background you'll see it from there and you just walk towards there incredible architecture it's kind of one of those things where you walk there and you're like where am I again you know like it's it's just yeah the French architecture it's got huge a huge ceiling like way above it if you're expecting Japan to like yeah be like traditional shrines and stuff I mean a big part of Japan is like their interpretation of what like western things are and that's that sums up that place i think it's got a western feel but with japan touches you know yeah yeah but um you know that's a cool place to check out and it has like a lot of cool places to get um souvenirs and stuff yeah well i think we're about due for a break but get ready for a little segment called know your chain we'll be right back enjoy the sweet sounds of pizzicato 5 coming your way Chain, maybe your favorite segment in Japan 2.0. I don't know. We're getting getting a lot of them down. I'll tell you what, it's my favorite. It's your favorite. Maybe it's your favorite. <laughs> yeah, you like came, you're really inventor really of most of these segments. I love them. I got really excited to do the show when I saw your ideas. Well, I mean, I, there are just some some places that you find in almost every neighborhood. It doesn't matter where you are, mm-hmm. and um, and sometimes there's variance between you know the, the ones that you have in your neighbor neighborhood and the yeah. one that you might have in a major city like Tokyo. Yeah, I see where you're going. Yeah, The chain we're talking about today is called Sutaya. Sutaya. And yeah. Sutaya is a what they call a media store. Mm-hmm. And um, you could rent videos or DVDs. And or music? DVDs, Blu-rays, and CDs. Yeah. Uh, That's a weird concept for us music renting cds yeah that back home i haven't no but i think the the cost of cds are so high that it's a good way to for people to get like uh pirate pirate the cds that's gotta be like 95 percent of their market is people bringing it home ripping it to their computer and turning it back in well every time you go to the cashier at the sutaya you see the blank dvds or blank oh really yeah they're always like a stack of those yeah but um, there's one in my neighborhood, and it wasn't that difficult to get uh, Sutaya membership. What they wanted, you did it out in Tokyo. I will say, I will say that yeah, maybe we had we had some help, right? Because we were in, we were in Tokyo, and people were spoke better English at the Sutaya we were at. Mm. It's a very special Sutaya. We'll get to that. But. Um, but uh, all I needed was uh, the T money, uh, the T card, the the card that you get to family use Mart. at Family Mart. Oh, yeah. So if you listen that. to yeah, if you listen to our uh, episode before, episode, yeah. yeah, or the convenience store episode, then you know what that card is, and um, yeah, and then I could use that card to rent oh. DVDs. So I've already have Blu-ray. it. Blu-ray. Yeah, can... but you do have to register. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So after a simple registration process, the the woman helped me like uh, fill out the form, and uh, after they said it, it was going to be a week before I could start renting movies and CDs, but uh, once I could, it was really simple, you know. And I have a um, a PlayStation Four, so I was like, "This is great because it's a Japanese PlayStation Four, so it plays Japanese region movies," and. Um, yeah, and it's it's affordable, you know. It's all the rentals are about two hundred and two hundred and thirty yen a night, or uh, usually it's a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, and then um, so and the, CDs are really cheap too. I think CDs are like a, a hundred and fifty to rent. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'd I'd rent a couple of CDs and you know p- pick through a couple of songs and then uh, you know rip them onto my computer. Yeah. <laughs> Besides the music, I mean, it sounds like a blockbuster. Is it set up pretty much? You think it looks like a blockbuster and has that kind of feel? Yeah, it's very similar. Um, you know, it's just a bunch of aisles. You could also rent comic books at most of them. Uh, and there are other types of um, places where you could rent movies and, and music and comic books and stuff. Mm. And sometimes they have video game sections and they'll sell video games. You can't rent video games in Japan mm. uh, due to, like, um, laws. Yeah that won't allow you allow uh these shops to rent any 
any video games. Mm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a big selection. You could get a lot of Japanese films and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the only issue is if you don't speak Japanese, you know, uh, they're only going to have Japanese subtitles. Mm. Uh, but any English-speaking movies are just the regular movies with subtitles, and you could usually turn the subtitles off. Uh, I saw the U.S. Godzilla recently. I rented that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of irony there, yes. um, and I turned off the subtitles, and it was just it was just it worked fine. It was great, great cool. to watch. So, I think Tsutai in general is like oh, it's, you know it's good. Like the whole point of Know Your Chain, right, is places you might not hear about, but they're everyday life out here. And it's yeah. kind of shocking how many there of those there are. Almost every major neighborhood, yeah. However, I want to say like. Tsutai got put on my map from this one special location, and it's really rare. I mean, I'd, I'd guess there's a couple of thousand Tsutaias in Japan, but there's one in Tokyo, the theme of this episode, that is, like, off off the rails, like, one of the top five shops I've walked into in my life for, the, like, the interior design, the architecture, the selection of the stuff in there. And, Matt, this is your segment, so tell us a little bit about the... Well, you're better with neighborhoods. That's in Daikinyama, too, in right? Daikinyama, my favorite hood. And Do you know what it's called, that place? The the whole complex? Yeah. No. Oh. Daikinyama T-Site. T-Site. Oh, T-Site yeah. for Sutaya. Sutaya. And, like, <laughs> the actual construction of the building, if you look closely at certain parts, are, like, a bunch of T's stacked on each other. Like oh, concrete and That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. From afar, it looks like, I don't know, it looks like cubes or, you know. Yeah, it's like just brown buildings. I mean, like, from the outside, they're just, the. it looks pretty, I mean, industrial, I guess, just brown and big. But, I For mean, me, it's, it's, very awesome. it's very nice. It's very nice, yeah. I mean, it's it's like a really cool-looking place. The And uh, they have, um, like, a nice places to sit outside and a couple of cafes. One of those, um, those uh, famous... Is it Natural Lawson's is there? Oh, it's just a regular family mart, but it is quite nice. The, oh, the branding yeah. actually... Fan, the fancy family mart. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a standard family mart branding, but it is, like, they do sell higher quality stuff. In yeah, there. that was a cool place. Um, for but, me, I, I mean, I've spent... I've been there probably 30, 40 times because I'll take my son there every morning. I always make sure to stay close to that area because they actually open up at 8 a.m. They're open really early. And we'll go in there and just I'll take naps and I just man the books are great. They carry a lot of art based books, right? And yeah. art based books are gonna be in English. They don't translate them a lot of times. Yeah, and a lot of film books and film like uh, like books on scripts and books on and they import a lot of stuff from the states. So not everything is Japanese. Yeah. Um, hey, like some friends have critiqued it and they, they wish that there was like an English language section for like novels, for example. And the way they organize it is um, it's very spread out. Like, it's just they'll say this is car books and there will be some Japanese car books there and there's going to be some English car books there. And the language isn't really their defining factor. It's more like the subject or categories. Yeah. But, I mean, they, I mean, their magazine section is huge. Um, the, there's an article I'll post, an English uh, article that tells, like, they hire on, like, these, like, 12, like, master and, I guess, I don't know a friend Julie who hates the word curation because everyone's using it but they really are curators and they're really knowledgeable about their sections and uh, it just talks about like, their past experience and it's pretty incredible I don't know any other bookstore in the world they would hire on this guy who's like traveled the world for 40 years he's like a, a famous hiker and he's in charge of the travel section you know or this guy who's in like an ex Shibuya K band you know is like in charge of the music section like he's a record label owner and it's just very hand selected amazing stuff like one of a kind things it's hard to believe it's part of this big chain because it feels like such a special, like a, a passion project or a love project. Oh, it's such an artsy place, you know. Like I mean, in comparison to the the ones, the, the chains, the chains are just you know function yeah. over it's over hard, everything. It's so hard know? to believe that they're related. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And, uh, and there's nothing nice about a sutaya, you know, when you go in, other than it's just you know stuff you could rent. Mm-hmm. But like they're not particularly clean or they're not particularly nice, you know. Like I mean, they're. They're well curated too, but just curated by like the average Joe, not by like these these masters. So, yeah, if you're in Tokyo, you definitely have to check out that Sutai. There's a bar upstairs. It's like it looks phenomenal. I mean, it's just massive like Japanese paintings, and they carry all the old editions of magazines up there. You can't buy them, but if you buy a drink, you're free to read them. Yeah, my favorite magazines, Popeye. I'll probably focus more on that later, but you can read like back to the '80s of those and. 
yeah, for me, it's oh, such a special place. I love it. Yeah, it, it's really great. And uh, if we, you're living out here and you plan on living for a while, it's worth getting a card. I would say tourists coming, you know, you could go into a Sutaya if you come across one. But uh, it, it really, if you're in Tokyo, you could go to a couple of special ones. There's another one that's very, very special. Roppongi has a Roppongi, special one. Yeah. yeah. You've been there? Yeah, we went to the Roppongi one. Right? It was really nice. Yeah, it's not as good mm-hmm. as the one in Tokyo, uh, is in Daikanyama, but... Uh, it's still very nice, and it has a great cafe and tons of books. We yeah. have a special one in Osaka, too. It's in yeah. Osaka City Station, the Lukua 1100 building. Go to the top floor there, and that's awesome. I think that's probably the second best one. Yeah, it's a giant, round building. Like, it goes all the way around the escalators, and um, and it's got tons of, I mean, great books. And, and, and they also have cool things like... Um, uh, Things for your phones, like phone cases or like remote control drones, and like a, a couple of odds and ends that are uh, they're also cool cool to look at. So yeah. if you could go to the special Sutayas, you know we highly recommend it. But uh, if you're just in the neighborhood and you want to rent a movie, Sutaya is the place to go. That'll work too. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been uh, Know Your Chain. You gotta know Sutaya books. Important place. A sutai is spelled with a T, by the way. T-S-U. I yeah, because yeah. yeah. we were talking about the T building, and I said, yeah, of course, sutai, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, English speaker, it sounds like an S, right? Yeah. All right, move that. We have a couple more neighborhoods that we want to cover about Tokyo. Um, we were kind of before really talking about some of the classier and nicer places. If you were going to live in those areas, they're kind of famously expensive. And another one of the kind of bigger areas I want to talk about before we get into some of the cheaper areas uh, is Harajuku, of course, a legendary classic place. Most people who go to Harajuku are going to go to this place called, I think it's Kateshi Dori. Um, it's a really skinny street where all the crepes are, and like that's like where the Harajuku girls are. And all the bootleg clothing. Yep, yep, yep. I think you gotta go. I mean, I guess once. I think it's a pretty big turnoff, honestly. Um, have you? What do you think about that? Street? Yeah, I think it's cool to see one once or twice, but it's um, and, and I mean, you gotta see if you want to come to Japan and see some of the people dressed in Lolita costumes yeah. or. Um, you know, the Shibuya kids, you know, the kids in the colorful yeah. fruit fruit clothes. We, we should say, like, you know, 2015, 16, you aren't, you're lucky if you see one or two of them, to be honest. It's not like it used Every to be. time I go, I see one. One or two, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but it, I mean, if you're expecting, on one of our previous episodes, we talked about a lot of the news you're getting from Japan was like the 90s, and a lot's kind of changed since then. Um, some things have died down, uh, and that's kind of one of the things that have, have died down, I think. If you're expecting to see the Harajuku girl or the Shibuya kids, it's, it's pretty rare. Um, if you go to the park, though, you'll still see the Rockabilly, Rockabilly guys. Rockabilly guys are still there on the weekends, I think Sunday. Yeah, Shibuya, awesome. Shibuya Park. Uh, what's the name of that park? There's a name for Yoyogi. it. Yoyogi. Yoyogi right, Park. Yeah, they're right. at the main entrance of Yoyogi. Yoyogi is an amazing, awesome park. Essentially, it's Tokyo's uh, central park, but everyone's there to let their freak flag fly. Uh, in Japan, you know, you're living in a small apartment, especially Tokyo. If you play an instrument or you dance, you're going to bother your neighbors. So where's everyone's, like, backyard? Because you don't have yards. It's Yoyogi. And yeah. everyone's doing crazy didgeridoos and playing with the rabbits and b-boying. And I love Yoyogi Park. A lot of homeless guys there, too. You want to see, like, the most intricate homeless villages and clean-looking and, like, handsome homeless dudes. Uh, Japan's Yogi. got the most organized homeless people I've ever yeah, yeah, yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, they they got their their stuff together. They got <laughs> rickshaws with like yeah. cardboard and stuff. It's great. But um, I, I love a part of Harajuku called Uda Harajuku, or like the backside of Harajuku, and that's I mean, it's blown up a lot. I mean, tourism is really high these days in Japan because the yen is really weak, so people can come in. And I've seen a pretty big change in just a couple of years I've been going out there. But when I go to Urahara now, it, it, I guess it is getting kind of touristy. Um, but that's where, like, all the really big Japanese brands, you know, if you're in the Japanese clothing, clothing that's where they're going to be. Even even Western brands, too. Um, but I, I really like that area still. It's good. That Deus Ex Machina, one of the best sandwiches in my life. 
is out there too. They even have Seas Candy, which is a regional yeah. candy shop from uh, like the West Coast. Yeah, that's that's um, the classier part of Harajuku is called Amorosando, and that Seas Candy is in Amorosando area. Yeah, but yeah, some people like that a lot. Californians, yeah. Yeah, it's great for like clothes shopping and. Um, yeah, I mean, eating, getting some good eats. I, I mean, think it's a great neighborhood yeah. for great. Yeah, great certain food. places for me personally, I'm not that crazy about Asakusa. Matt, you like it, right? I like it. It's. I mean, I realize it's touristy, and the, <coughs> the big temple is like you know the tourist, tourist spot. But I mean, the song we're we're playing throughout this yeah, episode it's, it's is like directly from that place. Yeah. yeah, the rap, the rap. We'll get there. But um, I I would just say avoid yeah, Shinjuku. Avoid. I guess you gotta see these places once. I think Shinjuku you can just avoid. I think if you're gonna do multiple visits, maybe. I, I recommend going to those places. Yeah. I recommend going to Shinjuku. I, I say if you go yeah, one, one week in your life, at least go to a couple of places that we, we mentioned that you haven't heard about. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna get into two more, a little bit of the other side of Tokyo, which is a place I love and I've been like hounding Matt to go, which is called Shimakitazawa. And he finally went. I finally went, yes. And it, it was on a rainy day. You said that might have dampened the mood. But overall, what's your impression of Shimon Kitazawa? I thought it was awesome. I mean, it was, it's a city full of, like, vintage clothing sh- shops. I mean, it's just, like these streets full of these awesome vintage clothing shops. And um, it has a very, like, um, like hippie vibe, I yeah, guess. I, like, I you know, Bohemian yeah, is how I describe it. Bohemian would probably be a much better, yeah, description. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, it, it, like you were saying, it's older buildings, you know, with the tile roofs and, and like kind of like ramshackle looking almost. Mm-hmm. And as these young people, a lot of young people like... It's a famous college area. It's, yeah, it's yeah. It's the home day of Tokyo yeah. is what I always call it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like all these young people making like jewelry and uh, ca- opening cafes and, and selling curry and like... Big I mean, curry area. Yeah, big curry, curry area. area. Um, a lot of live shows, live houses there. It's like the yeah. Um, we didn't get to see any yeah, music yeah. while we were out there. We didn't have enough time, um, but we did go to a cat cafe. That awesome. was really awesome. Yeah, you've been to a lot now. How did this one compare? Oh well, like yeah, it was really cool. The, these cats though were super lazy. They were just sleeping. All of them. Mm. All of them were sleeping. And did they have uh, all the cool diverse breeds? Was there a uh, Scottish fold? There is an old. There, this is an old. Uh, you know what? There was two three my dudes throwback. Yeah, yeah. Our old podcast. We we named the Scottish fold. So if you want to go back to the back, the the our archives. The yeah, you could hear that we created so, the Scottish fold. Did they have a Scottish fold? That's uh, they didn't have a Scottish fold. Uh, no, uh, they had the my, one that has going? the smush face. Wow, those are ugly. Animals. What are those called? Know, ugly cats. Ugly cats. Yeah. Well, it was an ugly cat, and um, yeah, it was a really cool place. Uh, it was a lot more quiet when we went to the cat cafes in Korea. Mm-hmm. Like people were picking up the cats and stuff. They didn't really have as much like of a problem like with people interacting it with the cats, uh-huh. but. Um, you know, it, this is Japan, and people want to be more respectful. Mm-hmm. So uh, while the cats are sleeping and stuff, they're like, oh, let them sleep, you know, and re- let them relax. They're sleeping. Uh, watching, <laughs> watching from afar. Yeah, there was a lot of watching from afar. They they let us pet them, like, you know, pet them if they were sleeping. But um, it seemed like the cats didn't really didn't care that anybody was there. They were just happy to be in the, the heated uh, the heated room, and, yeah. For me, I love Shimakitazawa. Matt hit the vintage clothing record. I mean, so many record shops there. Yeah, live, records, live records. music. It's the cheapest neighborhood in Tokyo, while while still having. I mean, that's kind of been a theme. We keep talking about yeah, record shopping, vintage clothes shopping, good food, but it's so cheap there. That's no cover charges at the bars usually. Um, they have yeah. It's, it's I heard it's really cheap to live there too. It's got a bit of a foreigner population because it is cheaper. Um, uh, it's close to Shibuya. It's one stop away. Like for me, yeah, I would Shibuya is always a place I, I would I would love to be. It's very humble, down to earth. Again, hard to believe you're one stop away from like the busiest place in the world. Yeah, I would say every every trip sh- should be completed by a trip to. Shimakita, yeah. yeah. for sure. Shimakita. Yeah, because that's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Shimakita. I haven't got to see this guy, and this is like one of my last checklists of Japan. <laughs> there's a dude who hangs out in the park, and he's like borderline homeless. I can't tell if it's real or not, because again, he's like this handsome guy. But I don't know, I guess I just like the homeless look. And he will, you pay him a couple of bucks, and he'll read you a manga with like voices. And he used to, he used to be a voice actor, and he like 
lost his job or whatever. And have you ever seen this guy? Oh, yeah, you show me, like, a video. It's, it's an incredible video. He's, like, a celebrity to me. Like, he's up there, like, top five, ten people I can meet in the world. You don't happen to know his name or, like, what? No, I'll put stuff. I'll post links. Uh, okay. One cool thing we're planning to do is, like, because our show only comes out twice a month, is in between all these little things we talk about, post videos or links on uh, social media. So. Yeah, we'll let you know what episode it comes from, too. So if we, we think of something that is relevant to, like, a previous episode, we'll... Yeah. We'll make sure that that's clear. We're running out of time, but I just want to throw another name out there. And I've only been once, and that hasn't been. So, you know, it's probably all right. We don't talk about it in depth. But it's called Koenji. And it's like a more extreme version of Shima Kitazawa in terms of, like, very punk rock, do-it-yourself. There's a lot of, like, places out there, like, just making their own clothes. Like, you just walk in, and they're making them. Um, a lot of live houses there. That's actually the most famous place for seeing free music in Japan. There's a lot of places there where they don't do the, listen to our previous episode, uh, live music in Japan, uh, but they don't charge the artists to play there. Oh, okay, yeah. And Another college town? Not really. Uh, Koenji's a little bit more, like, I don't know, rough isn't the right word. It's definitely not dangerous, but din- it's the dingiest of anywhere we've talked about so far. It's a nightlife the old, the town, old nightlife yeah, town. Yeah, small, small bars. It's a music, like, that's where, like, the musicians live, apparently. Because, okay. again, rent is kind of cheap there. You do see a lot of, like, washed-out-looking dudes, like, their leather jackets have holes in them, and they're, like, they get the rock and the long hair still, but they're starting to go bald a little bit, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's it's got a lot of character if you're... If you're a cheap person, or you you know you're not really so much into like the fashion side or like the glitzy side of Tokyo, this is where you go. And uh, we're getting to an end, but any other city in the world, big cities, they usually only have one district that's creative or artistic. You know, yeah. And everywhere we've just talked about, maybe five or six different neighborhoods, they all have their own vibe. They're all an art district, or there's creative stuff going on there. It's a good place to shop and eat, and they're all different. And that's why, like, Tokyo to me is the greatest place on earth. I kept, the last, I've been there five or six times now, and my last day I just kept telling my wife, like, this is heaven. I'm, this is, like, heaven on earth. is anything I could ever want. The best food in my life, the best clothes in my life. Like, people are nice. The transportation is great. The apartment I was staying in was awesome. Like, I don't know. I, I, I can't really ask for any more from a city or a place. Yeah, I think the art the art thing, I mean, you're spot on. I mean, we went to um, this place called Azabu, which is near Rapungi. And, uh, that place is crazy. That, that place is great. I mean, it, we were walking around there for a long time, and we saw there were so many, like, it was a little more higher end. It was a little more it's, like... That's like, the most expensive neighborhood in Japan, Azabu. Okay, well, yeah, that's all the, <laughs> there all it the is. diplomats live there. Did you notice like police everywhere? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, but I mean, but once again, like there were statues that were interesting. There was like this a treehouse cafe restaurant thing, and I mean, it was there were like a lot of interesting things to see. And I think it, any Tokyo trip, you're going to see something different, and you're going to see something artistic, and you're going to see something. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much creativity, and I think that's why Tokyo is great, is because it's a, it's a city full of creative people, and um, and it and it it tells you that with just in its architecture and with its people and with its uh, vibes, you know, and there, yeah, there's slight variations in different places, but I, I don't think you could ever go wrong, you know. Mm. Um, I don't know what what's your favorite thing about Tokyo? Let's let's end it on that. Yeah. What's your favorite, favorite thing? thing about Tokyo would be like, I guess in one word is like, it's a word I like, juxtapositioned. Uh, yeah, you just have like, within a 15 minute walk, I can see skyscrapers. I can see a mom and pop shop that's been there for over 100 years. I can walk down this quiet alley and then come out to like the most fashionable like street I've ever seen in my life. And people are wearing like the coolest stuff, you know, all within 15 minutes of each other, like just slammed up on top of each other. So diverse. It's got flavor for everyone, and that yeah, I think that's what I like about it most. How about you? My favorite thing is the record shops. Yeah, the I mean shops. that's the city of records, man. I I, I can't, can't. That's another. Yeah, I it's got to have the most record shops in the world, right? Uh, it must. It must. And and records from all over the world. You know, I mean, it's not just. Uh, I mean, we collect Shibuya K records and and hip hop records and like you know I do some funk and soul and stuff like that. But uh, if you want like. Calypso and you know like uh, 
I, I, rockabilly and you know punk yeah. rock and whatever like I mean it indie doesn't matter like any genre you're into indie music there'll whatever. be a special record shop just for that genre I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure of it yeah and yeah. dozens of record shops that will probably have a, a small section for you as well mm-hmm. I mean it's just it's unbelievable and I don't want to get into it too much because we're going to have a, a, a episode coming up very soon that's all, all about record, record shopping but um, but man that's that place it's like I get the itch the record itch like so bad like yeah. you know I have to buy records when I go there and I, I spend way too much say, money this will lead us into the worst thing about Tokyo is that it's, <laughs> it's not necessarily expensive but there's so much awesome stuff and you feel if you're not living there you feel like well this is like my one week I got I gotta live it up I mean, I don't want to say how much we spend, but like my wife and I, whenever we go, we we go for a couple of days. We I think our last trip we went for f- about four and a half days, yeah. and um, but we budgeted it like we were leaving the country, you know, yeah. like the the cost of like we were like okay, this is gonna be the cost of like you know traveling. I, and, I save up to go, and then I eat like ramen for like the weeks after because I feel I spend more than I was even supposed to, <laughs> and I feel guilty about it, you know. Yeah. You don't have to. I do want to get away from that, like, Japan is expensive or Tokyo is expensive. It's really not as expensive as you make it. But you can I, do Tokyo on the cheap. You could you do totally Tokyo could. totally cheap. You could do convenies. Like, if you go back to our conveni episodes, you know what to eat, you know, and um, you know what to drink. You can but, stay at a $20 hostel. I've done it. They, they totally exist, and they're out there. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, if you, you were to ask me, I would recommend saving up a little bit of money because, I mean, man, you could get, I mean, the video games are great. The I mean, they have everything there, you know? I can't believe we didn't talk about food. We might have to just do a whole episode just about, like, food in Japan, yeah. and then we'll have a small section about Tokyo. Food. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. but I mean, I, I, I mean, it doesn't matter where you go. Almost, I mean, you're gonna find good food almost anywhere. I would say, like, if you go to Japan, you know, try to stay away from chains. That would be yeah, or to Tokyo. True. If you go to Tokyo, try to stay away from chains because you're in a place where the gourmet, they, like you know, the, you go to a restaurant and this guy probably went to France to like train, for yeah, train or, yeah. or I mean these. These people take their jobs really serious, and it's the, some of the best food I've had has been in Tokyo. Mm. And I recommend that, uh, yeah, travel guides are really good too. Like, I mean, if you look up travel Lonely, guides, Lonely, Planet. Lonely Planet's not bad. They 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 post a whole bunch of things, uh, restaurants that are really great. Um, Japan 2.0 is great. It's probably the best travel guide I've ever had to say that's out there. Uh, We haven't really posted anything about, you know, which restaurants to go to. And I don't know if we will because it's kind of hard. Restaurants come and go. And um, I think a lot of our places are going to stick around. But I'll post up some spot on our – check our uh, Facebook, you know, the two weeks around this episode. I'll put up some because we didn't really get to talk about them. But, I mean, you can't – you can't. The quality's high. Yeah, that's. I mean, in Japan just in general, the quality's high for food. But Tokyo is the Tokyo highest is of the high. The highest of the high. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been another awesome episode. I want to get to the music a bit. Uh, Pizzicato Five. They are like the. I mean, if anyone could be credited, Shibuya K. They're they're right up there. I mean, Flipper's guitar is probably the other one. But Matt and I both, I think, are more attracted to Pizzicato Five. The very first song I ever heard of Pizzicato 5 is the song we're featuring in this episode, which very aptly named is Tokyo. Um, I don't know how I came across it on YouTube, and the video is equally as great. They're running around Asakusa in a rickshaw, and uh, it's just got this the happiest, most fun vibe. It's during the you know right after the bubble era, kind of the tail end of it. Maybe that's why everyone was rich and happy. But um, <laughs> I, it's such a. It just sums up this song to me. Really sums up Shibuya K, the genre that we love, and it sums up like, Tokyo. Like I mean, it, it's it's got a Tokyo yeah, vibe. It's talking know? about all the different neighborhoods. I mean, for me, the, the rap during the breakdown is the best part of it, and it just names off all the neighborhoods. And he mentions a lot of the neighborhoods that are smaller and cool. And um, yeah, it's, this song has hip hop flavor in it. It's got the Frenchy kind of bossa nova vibe. You know, got live instruments, they got drums and stuff going on there, which is kind of for me. That's how I define Shibuya K is like hip hop production, garagey sound with like French bossa nova. I mean, those are the three big influences for me. And yeah, this song's got it all. And it's not one of their more popular songs, I don't think. It's, it's well, I think it's rare. Yeah. Like I well, mean, they they came out with the music video and then the um, the actual vinyl single. 
So I've been told like, I've been told yeah. some stories. We're getting into like yeah. this is for like the real like music heads. So. Yeah, yeah. So I've been told some stories from a couple of record collectors that are record uh, shop owners, deal- right? dealers that um, uh, that this was a limited press for the Pizzicato fan site. Mm. So like if you're a fa- part of their fan club, then they would send you this record. And um, I, I was told that it was 500 copies. I don't know if that's true. I imagine there's more copies than that out there. But, um, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a hard record to come across. And I just came over to Matt's house to record today, which is rare. I think it's only my second or third time getting out here. And, uh, yeah, he surprised me with the gift of it on vinyl that he had found, which, to me, this is like the holy grail. I found my favorite SDP album, Fifth, Fifth Wheel of the Coach, and I was, this album was so hard to find. I couldn't even find, like, a photo of it online. It took me a couple of years to find it, so I kind of given up all hope, you know, looking for it. But I walked in, and here it was today. So I'll be ripping that actual vinyl record. Uh, so again, it's pretty rare. There's a music video on YouTube, but to get like a high quality sound, this has got to be probably one of the few places to get it. So we can all thank Matt for that. You're it's welcome. Matt. Yes. <laughs> uh, so enjoy the song Tokyo. It's really awesome. They're Pizzicato is kind of hit or miss group. They have some really great songs like this one. Um, and then there's some other ones that are just a little too on the bossa nova side for me. Um, but yeah, so enjoy this one. If you like it, you will find some other cool Pizzicato 5 songs out there. They're definitely Tokyo legends, Shibuya legends. So Yeah, don't be surprised if you hear from them again on our podcast. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Search Japan 2.0 and all the social media. We got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'll have the spelling and all that in the show notes. So yeah, we haven't been given our personal Twitters, but you want to give yours? Oh, sure, yeah. If, if you have a favorite Japan 2.0 or, or you love us both equally, you can follow us both. <laughs> I'm Wowza, J-D-N-I-I-I-W-O-W-Z-A is Wowza. Uh, that's me on Twitter. And Matt? I'm Unitabilist, U-N-I-T-A-B-L-I-S-T, yeah. at Twitter. I don't really... On Twitter. I retweet... A lot of stuff, but I don't really, I really post them. Uh, if you hit me up on Twitter, I'll definitely write you back. And oh, then, uh, course, because yeah. nobody <laughs> writes me on Twitter, so yeah, yeah. You, you, you're going to be my uh, my favorite fan. Yeah. All right. Thank you again for listening. Have a great two weeks, and we'll be back. Look forward to it. With more Japan 2.0. <laughs>
合唱東京の合唱チェックラッチョおはようございますこのハーツが<笑>